advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL and do more with modern devices and Windows 10 Pro. This is a metaphor for your business's journey. Sometimes it feels like the course keeps changing right before your eyes. Whoa! And in order to maneuver it, you need an expert by your side. That's what Dell Technologies Advisors do. They have the tech solutions you need to help you get out in front and stay ahead of the game. Woo! Call an advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL and do more with modern devices in Windows 10 Pro. The moment you fire up a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The completed job is on the horizon. And the trail meets its match. Just like that, you made short work of a long to-do list. Run with us on a John Deere Gator UTV. With effortless four-wheel drive at the flip of a switch and our smoothest shifting transmission yet. Nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. A just-released study says transgender and gender non-binary adults are more likely than non-trans adults to experience cognitive decline, sometimes linked to depression. Researchers are just starting to scratch the surface on links between depression and dementia in transgender adults. It's hard to know this is a chicken or egg situation. Alzheimer's Association Chief Science Officer Maria Carrillo asks the question, do brain changes associated with depression cause dementia? Or is it the other way around? Because people withdraw from society. They withdraw from their loved ones. They don't participate as much as they should. Rio says researchers have found transgender adults were about twice as likely as non-transgender people to report depression and cognitive trouble. The study released at the Alzheimer's Association annual meeting in Denver. Peter King, CBS News. ZZ top bassist Dusty Hill, one of the Texas Blues Rock Trio's bearded figures, has died. He was 72. Matt Piper, CBS. Attention, this is an important message for anyone drowning in credit card debt or struggling just to make minimum payments. If you have $10,000 in credit card debt, personal loans, medical bills, or collection accounts, you may qualify for our debt restart program with no upfront costs. Call us right now to see if you qualify. 800-384-6781. That's 800-384-6781. This program is designed to help get you out of debt in as little as 24 to 48 months while paying only a small portion of what you owe. If you are facing financial hardship and are falling behind or are struggling to make minimum payments, bankruptcy is not the way out. Don't wait. Enroll now and there won't be any upfront cost or out-of-pocket expense. Start on your way to financial freedom. Let us help you with your credit card debt, personal loans, medical bills, or collection accounts now. Representatives are standing by to take your call. Don't wait. Call now. 800-384-6781. That's 800-384-6781. Paid for by Thomas Kearns McKnight. CBS Sports Brief Summer Games. Here's correspondent Steve Futterman. Here in Tokyo, the story of Simone Biles continues to resonate. The great U.S. gymnast has now withdrawn from a second event, tomorrow's all-around competition, an event she won five years ago in Rio. And it's triggered a discussion about the mental health challenges faced by athletes, Olympic historian David Wolachinsky. The pressure on famous Olympic athletes is way different than somebody who's just competing in their small sport. It's not clear yet if Biles will compete in the individual apparatus competition next week. Tonight, the gold in the men's all-around went to Japan's Daiki Hashimoto. The U.S. continues to enjoy success at the swimming venue. 
The latest gold, number four for the Americans, went to Katie Ledecky. She wins the 1,500-meter freestyle. I always try to have confidence when I'm behind the blocks, and today was no different. CBS Sports Brief, Summer Games. I'm Steve Futterman in Tokyo. Jay Farner here, CEO of Rocket Mortgage and Rocket Companies. Last year, we saw historically low mortgage interest rates. What you may not know is that interest rates are already starting to increase, and it's likely that trend is only going to continue. Our team of experts is standing by to help you save before rates go up. Don't look back and wish that you had taken action. Call 833-8-ROCKET or visit rocketmortgage.com. Rocket. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states and MLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now. From the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 90, 7.1 FM. Connor Mills and Mike alongside Samantha Garcia up until 7 o'clock today on this 28th day of July. 608 on the clock and 88 degrees and partly cloudy outside in southeast Ohio. It's the Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting. And lots of news, lots of stuff happening last night, especially with the Cincinnati Reds. But before then, Sam, how are you doing? I'm good. Uh, usually I say I can't complain, but I'll complain for one second here. Yesterday, got sung by a bee. I'm a tough, I'm tough. I'll get through it. Swelled up on my leg, turned into a, a third leg. Uh, got allergy tested. I'm indeed allergic to bees, so that is my only weakness now. That I have. That's my only weakness. Um, so I will be retiring from summer now, and probably you'll never see me out in the air again or you're near just, flowers. You'll just be going outside in one of those uh, beekeeper suits. Yes, I need a full right. one. I need a full one. Yeah, yeah. But who knows? I mean, you might get one, you might not. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever keeps you safe. I hope. Um, yesterday, and just jumping right into the news, right? I talked a lot on the sports fan uh, saying which way do the Reds want to go? Are they going to try to go for it? Are they going to stay put? Or are they going to be sellers? And we learned last night and you know, some this morning that the Reds are all in. They have put, the front office has put a, a vote of confidence in this team, and they have traded for last night Justin Wilson and uh, right-handed pitcher Luis Sessa. But not only did they do that, they made another move. Uh, getting Michael Givens from the Colorado Rockies and trading away Case Williams and right-handed pitcher Noah Davis. Uh, the corresponding moves to the Reds, they have designated right-handed pitcher Edgar Garcia for assignment. They have also designated for assignment left-handed pitcher Josh Osich. Uh, they have also sent Alex Blandino on a rehab assignment to the Louisville Bats. Uh, Ashton Goudeau has been DFA'd, uh, and th those are all the moves uh, coming out of the Cincinnati Reds today. Lots of moves, uh, but this is definitely encouraging. This is what you were looking to see out of the Cincinnati Reds if you were trying to get them to go for something and play some competitive baseball as we near closer and closer to the end of the season. I think it was a smart move. I think we could finally take a sigh of relief that things might be going the way that Cincinnati wants to, especially in this uh, break right after the All-Star. They've been a little slow right off the bat those first couple games, uh, that series against the Cardinals was tough, but coming against this big win against the Cubs, I mean, this is exactly what we 
you and Joey have been talking about for so long. It's the pitching. We know they got guys like Wade Miley, and, and you know they have consistency in the starters. But finishing off and closing, that's where the bullpen lacks. So you get a guy like Michael Givens, who's been in the season, who's been in the league for about six years now. You know, he's got a 2.3, 2.73 ERA in 29 and a half innings. Um, and his career RA, ERA is just shy of 3.3. I mean, you know, it's not perfect numbers, but it's more positive numbers. And I think getting a lot more variety in terms of what the bullpen needs, I think that's going to be great. And, you know, they still got another day left, of, or two more days, in fact, of uh, getting some trades going. So, you know, starting early on with the pitching, that's a good idea. But, you know, do you still move to get positional players? I don't know yet. Uh, I am happy with the move, though, to get more uh, opportunities for this bullpen. Right. And, again, the bullpen was their biggest concern of the season. It was their biggest concern since, you know, opening day, right? Uh, and the official report for the, the Cincinnati Reds, they added some more help for their struggling bullpen by acquiring right-hander Michael Gibbons from the Colorado Rockies in exchange for two pitching prospects. The Rockies got right-hander Case Williams and right-hander Noah Davis, the Reds' 26th-rated prospect. The 31-year-old Gibbons is due to be a free agent at the end of the year. He has a 2.73 ERA and strikes out opponents 27.4% in 29 and two-third innings for Colorado. The Reds also traded for Yankees relievers Louis Sessa and Justin Wilson yesterday. Uh, so those are at least the pitching moves that the Reds have made thus far. Sessa so far on the season has had a good season, and it's potentially his career year. Uh, he is 3-1 uh, and one on the season with a 2.82 ERA in 29 relief appearances, 38 and a third uh, innings pitched, 31 strikeouts, uh, Wilson, not so much. And I think Wilson, it, he's a, a little bit of a dark horse, right? Because I don't think he's not having a great year. His ERA is 7.5. Uh, but at some point, that's got to come down to the average, right? And the average for Justin Wilson is uh, a 3 ERA, 3.44 ERA, right? So it's a little inflated this year. It's higher than you like to see it. But you at least get a guy who's a veteran who is somebody who has known how to win. Uh, he's been to a couple competitive teams. I mean, the Mets have been competitive for a couple years now. Uh, Chicago back in 2018. Um, the Yankees back in 2015. But you, know, you get a veteran presence out in that bullpen. You revamp it a little bit. And now see what you can do, right? Because you're, you're no longer dealing with Garcia. You're not dealing with Osich. You got a couple of guys now that have some expectations behind them. Not the, to say that the Reds' bullpen didn't have expectations, but that expectation for the Reds' bullpen turned into, all right, how many runs are they going to give up and how many runs do we have to put up to try and combat that? Uh, but finally, Cincinnati uh, gets the relief help that they've been looking for. Are they done? I don't know if they're done or not. Um, but it tells you that this is a win now because you wouldn't trade for a guy uh, from the Colorado Rockies in Givens uh, if if you weren't going to go for it this year, right? I mean, you're not going to go out and get a rental if you're not going to try to put all your cards out on the table. So that's a good sign. It's an encouraging sign because the Reds are going to be playing some competitive baseball or what we hope will be competitive baseball down the stretch. Yeah, and they're just seven games shy of the Milwaukee Brewers who are in first place in the NL Central. And, you know, I think this is a smart move for the push. I don't think the past couple of games 
have really showed the slack that we were kind of seeing happening. I think they're getting out of the slump that, you know, quote-unquote, if we're going to call it a slump, but the bats were hitting yesterday just to, you know, quickly talk about yesterday's game. Vladimir Gutierrez, he started off pitching. He pitched all the way through six innings, I think it was, and only allowed three runs. So, you know, to have one of your opening pitchers pitch that long, you know, we see guys like Wade Miley do that. But to have more consistency, I think it was awesome. I think um, especially against the Cubs. So, yeah, the the Cubs aren't doing too hot this year, but still in the same division. There are only a couple games under them. They're splitting the series so far. So Cubbies took night one. Uh, last night, the Reds won that game 7-4. to four. Joey Votto had two more home runs in that game. And, I mean, Connor, he has just been a little bit silent, I'm going to say, just for this right after the All-Star break. But now he has consistently hit in the past in the past four games. He has had a home run in each of the games. And he's just really knowing how to get the this lineup there. You know, it's almost like he is encouraging it not encouraging it he's getting the momentum going and you know two home runs last night for the cubbies you know that's that's tough it's really impressive and for joey Votto, right you always knew that this guy could hit i mean he's come on to the major league level and he's done nothing but hit over the past couple of years Votto's average has kind of dipped a little bit i mean he did not have a good 2020 and after 2020 people were questioning you know what does joey Votto still have left in the tank and it was a weird year it was a year that you know, nobody kind of saw coming. Um, but since he hit 320 in 2017, he then hit 284, 261, and then all the way down to 226. So he's, you know, not where he was, uh, you know, let's say 2017, but he is definitely getting that average back up higher and higher. He is still a prolific home run hitter. Uh, he is still, you know, driving that ball. And, you know, 36 home runs back in 2017. Is he going to get there? This year, probably not, no. Uh, but he, he has 17 home runs, which is the most that he's had uh, since that 2017 season, and he's just continued to grow and grow, and he's a he's been a spark plug for that offense when he got put in there. And he's really done better since you know, he came off the injured list. He started you know, driving balls left and right during his uh, rehab assignment. Uh, I think the, the uh, minor league affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds put out on Twitter, I think this guy's ready. And uh, obviously, Joey Votto was ready, and he has continued to hit since he's been uh, back up. 271, 889 uh, on base plus slugging. Two hits last night, two RBIs, and uh, Joey Votto is just, uh, he's a special player. I think he definitely, definitely has a, uh, a shot at the Hall of Fame, uh, especially with his career average, you know, being 303 right now. Uh, 303, 312 home runs, and that's only going to climb. RBIs might not be where you like to see a Hall of Famer at, at uh, just 1,000. But, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. 37 years old, but Votto still has a lot in the tank, and uh, he's been proving it. And could be a reason why, you know, the Reds feel comfortable with, with kind of putting all the chips on the table and trying to go for it this year. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's important to mention just the fact that, you know, this late, I don't want to say late in the season, but, you know, they have – a good chunk amount of games under their belt and to see guys that can get into kind of a hitting slump but be able to actually come out of it 
and being able to hit consistently is exactly what you want. Another guy who, you know, I, I won't lie, I've bashed a couple times on here, Eugenio Suarez, you know, he's been a little quiet, but last night had a home run against the Cubbies uh, late in the six, I think it was. But, you know, for him, you saw the bullpen uh, while I was watching the game. You know, the bullpen, everyone is jumping up and down while he's making his way around the bases. I think they were just excited for him to finally get back up on the boards after his kind of slump that he's had. And, you know, I won't sit here and say that this is going to be just because he had one home run that that's going to change what he has. Yes, he's his batting average has gone down over this last year just because of whatever. There's no specific reason just being baseball player you kind of get into these kind of slums but yesterday I don't know I just saw something different I haven't seen in a while from him well yeah and sometimes this season he does have you know 19 home runs right he's got that power swing and he's been able to knock in 54 RBIs which is all good but if he's not hitting a home run he's been an automatic out I mean Suarez contributes to this lineup don't get me wrong but Eugenio Suarez needs to start you know hitting more consistently I'll give up a couple of, you know, I'll take less home runs from Suarez if it means that he's going to bat 250 with some power, right? I mean, his career average is 252, and it's only going down. I mean, he's batting 173 this year. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, Suarez, and again, he had a hit, and that hit went for a home run. But you got to take a look at it as a whole and, and, and still see, like, he contributes. But he's got to hit more consistent over his last seven games he's still hitting 217 over his last 15 games he's batting 132 you know 20 strikeouts over his last 15 games right i mean he is uh when he can hit the home run he contributes and it's obvious right when he hits the home run when he produces with the long ball that's good yeah i but he's got to hit a little bit more consistent for my liking i don't think he's one of these guys that, you know, you rely on them to only hit a home run. You know, Tatis Jr., Big Bobby, guys like that. Even Aaron Judge, I would throw up there as, you know, he's going up to hit a home run and walk the bases or he's walking back to the dugout. I wouldn't put Suarez in that category yet, but he has ha- kind of had a slump, like I've mentioned and said in weeks past. But, you know, just to mention the home run, for him to be able to do that, I think is going to be important, not only for his confidence, but for the team to keep him on the lineup. He was batting fifth yesterday, which they've been, the Reds have been kind of switching up their batting lineup. I know one time we, one time it was like Yumi and uh, Joey on the show, and they were playing on having Suarez bat first. And we're like, what? You know, why would you put this guy on top when he's more of the big hitter? So I think still late in the season, the batting coaches and the GMs and all the managers are still trying to figure out what works. But I thought base running, just real quickly to mention about uh, when we're thinking about last night's game, the base running I thought was really well for the Reds. They got a lot of guys on base. Yes, they did score seven runs, and a couple of those were homers. But just their base running, I thought a lot of guys were hustling a lot more. I think there was just a little bit more energy, and I don't want to say that you know they go into other games with no energy because that's not true, but it just felt like they had more on the line yesterday, and they were able to show it. So I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for kind of this, this trade that's happening with them, adding more um, pitching depth to maybe give this team a little bit more confidence. And here's the thing, too, right? I mean, after that loss that they suffered on Monday, the way that they lost – 
and the way that they were showed up by Javier Baez as Baez was was running up towards first on his walk-off single. Um, you know, they needed to show that energy. They needed to to respond to that with the only way that you can respond in this day and age of baseball, which is with they win, right? I mean, you can't... The bases clearing brawls will result in suspensions. They always kind of have. Uh, but you, know, you, you already know that this Cincinnati team has a mental toughness. They have suffered many a brutal loss this season. But uh, it was a good sign. Uh, you know, David Bell has, has kept this team together. They are 52-49 and 49 currently, sitting seven back on the Milwaukee Brewers. And, you know, they just got to continue doing what they have been doing. Um, hopefully this bullpen, this new revamped bullpen in the middle of the season, can give them a little bit more consistency, uh, keep the runs off the board, or even just hold it to one run, right? I mean, enough with the... You know, two runs here, five runs given up here, and there's a, another blown save in the in the bottom of the ninth. Um, you know, the, you gotta like what the Reds did with the pitching yesterday and this morning, and now you gotta see if it actually works. They got another day. You know, they got Thursday, they got some of Friday to figure out if they want to continue to try to revamp or see if they can, uh, you know, maybe get a more consistent hitter out of you know Suarez. Maybe you turn him into a trade. I don't know. Uh, but at some point, you know, a slump just turns into a bad season. And Suarez has been in a yeah, – it, it's a bad season for him because this is where I draw the cutoff, right? I mean, we're already past the All-Star break. We're already up until the uh, trade deadline coming up on Friday. It's just been a bad season. Now, I say that, and, you know, he's hit the home runs. He's got 19 home runs, 50-plus RBIs. You take a look at those two, and you say, all right, you know, he's had a decent season. Not great, but – you know, he's still producing. And that's what kills me about Suarez because he just doesn't hit unless it's the home run or when somebody's on base. That's good. He's a, he's a clutch hitter, but he, he just does not have the uh, not have the batting average to where uh, it, it's really productive. But then again, you know, it's, it is what it is. Uh, the Reds, again, are going to go for it this year. That's proven with the trades that they've made. And we see what Cincinnati is able to do if they do anything further. Uh, there's a couple other trade rumors going around with Trevor Story and maybe another person uh, going to the New York Mets in a trade. I'm not sure if there's been any uh, you know, progress on that trade yet. Um, I think the the A's acquired uh, Starlin Marte from the uh, the Marlins. So we'll, uh, we'll keep you updated on if any trades happen uh, going forward. Of course, tomorrow will be the NBA draft. We'll talk a lot about Jason Preston tomorrow. Uh, some news as training camp continues on for the NFL as the Cincinnati Bengals look to set the expectations higher and higher. And, uh, of course, we'll, uh, Joe Burrow put out something uh, Associated Press as We'll read that story coming up next, and we'll take a short break. This is the Sportsman, 970, 97.1 FM, WATH, presented by JNK Contracting. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. 
Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 10.30 a.m. until 10 o'clock p.m. Head on over to Larry's Doghouse over on West Union Street in Athens. Being in the Army National Guard is about more than serving your country. It's about being there for your community when your neighbors need you most. The Army National Guard makes college affordable, and serving part-time can help you graduate debt-free. Do you want to stay close to friends and family? The Guard allows you to serve close to home. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard lets you have the life you want. Learn more by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Lifelong ambitions, national pride, and fierce competition are in full display in Tokyo. And we're here to bring you the results and the drama behind them. CBS Sports Briefs from the Summer Games. Your ticket to history. On Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Burrow fakes to Bernard. Throws into the end yeah. zone. Touchdown! Yeah. Cincinnati Bengals football is back. Watch live as Joe Burrow returns to lead a fast new offense in front of a full capacity crowd in Paul Brown Stadium. With new stripes and new traditions, come rule the jungle with us. Tickets start as low as $44. To purchase Bengals tickets with no fees, go to Bengals.com. That's Bengals.com. Quality. You hear that word a lot in commercials, but there's one business in town whose quality and prices are unsurpassed. I'm talking about Minuteman Press on Washington Street right next door to the Donkey Cafe. Uptown. You see, Minuteman Press is a hybrid. First, it's a full-service sheet-fed press where they can create great art to meet your needs that the other places are simply unable to do. And they're also a complete copy shop as well. Minuteman Press on Washington between Court and Congress. 5937393. That's 5937393. With Joe Biden and the radical left, it is always America last. While I was president, it was always America first and our country was respected again. President Trump put America first with border security, energy independence, and record job creation. But in just six months, the Democrats have undone those policies. We need strong, conservative leaders in Congress to fight back. Leaders like Jeff LeRae. I'm Steve Stivers. Representing you has been the greatest honor of my life. And on August 3rd, you'll choose my successor. I'm proud to support Jeff LeRae for Congress. Jeff LeRae is a former law enforcement officer and a strong conservative leader who's fought to make our communities safer. Jeff LeRae will fight to get people back to work, strengthen our borders, and protect our conservative values. On August 3rd, please join me and support Jeff LeRae for Congress. I'm Steve Stivers, and I approve this message. Paid for by Stivers for Congress. This is the Sports Fan on 970 W-A-T-H. Sportsway 970-97.1 FM, W-A-T-H. Mills and Mike along with Samantha Garcia get up until 7 o'clock on this 28th day of July. As we're scrolling through here, the uh, big thing that I saw come out about 25 minutes ago and I know we'll talk a little bit about the Cincinnati Bengals coming up, but uh, Big 12 Commissioner has sent a letter to ESPN asking a, uh, the ESPN to cease and desist anything dealing with uh, the Big 12. So uh, Big 12 has sent a cease and desist letter to ESPN. letter demands ESPN end all actions that may harm the conference and its members and that it not communicate with the Big 12 conference's existing members 
or any NCAA conference regarding the Big 12 conferences, members, uh, possible conference realignment or potential financial incentive or outcomes related to possible conference realignment. Uh, I was uh, reported reading that from Pete Thamel uh, via his Twitter. Pete Thamel, a uh, National College Football and Basketball reporter for Yahoo Sports. Uh, but with that news coming out, uh, potentially the Big 12 could sue ESPN, uh, and obviously they would have to have some kind of evidence that ESPN had tampered with you know, either Oklahoma or Texas or somebody uh, of the sort. But that's you know, kind of some big news there, Sam, because now uh, we were all kind of wondering what happens with the Big 12. Seems like the Big 12 is not going to go down without a punch. And I think it's important to note the fact that you know, even when we were talking on Monday, we kept saying this is all in speculation. Nothing is set in stone. And maybe, you know, if you're looking at it from a, a law standpoint, some of those people on ESPN and the guys writing in and on the shows, you know, they're talking like it's already happening. Talk about possible moves, possible new conferences. So, you know, the legality portion of it, I understand. But this is big news. It's hard to not talk about it, and especially... For ESPN, this is what they do. This is the whole reason for their network is to broadcast sports. A good majority of that is college, uh, is college athletics, regardless if, you know, it doesn't matter what team it was. Even if this was in Oklahoma and Texas, this was, you know, Ohio and Kent, just any other schools. At the same time, you know, it, you can't, I don't know if you can blame a broadcast network for just saying more news, but at the same time, you know, I get where they're coming from, but I think it's tough to tell them to stop talking about it because even if they stop reporting on it, do you know how many social media outlets there are and word of mouth and things that aren't ESPN that will still be able to talk about it? So I think what it is is there's a lot of pressure from some of these big schools and the Big 12 and Big 10 and to make a decision soon because like we talked about on Monday, if we're let's just stay on the subject of of football college football is coming up you know there's not really a lot of time to be sitting here deciding what you're going to do and of course from the contracts they're technically bonded in until 2025 but the way that they've been talking it just seems like the move is going to be made a little bit sooner than that so you know from my standpoint just the way that i look at it connor it's i don't know i don't see it espn in any way oversharing it's not like they were exposed to you know, emails that they were leaking out or press or releases between teams, that kind of stuff. Kind of just word of mouth that they've been broadcasting. I don't know. Well, yeah, and here's here's the thing with the financial incentive, right? Uh, because the SEC, their broadcast partner is ESPN. Uh, and ESPN stands to also make a whole lot of money should Texas and Oklahoma move to the SEC, which is why the Big 12... I don't know if they have any knowledge, and I'm just speculating at this point, but if the Big 12 suspects that ESPN has tampered with you know, a couple of their teams and you know, kind of financially incentivized them to move, you know, the Big 12 could have some kind of litigation that you know, could go against ES- ESPN. Um, so I don't know, if it, it, and I think that they're doing their job and they're reporting about what's happening because there was a, uh, a newspaper that reported it first, and then it got picked up by national media members. Uh, and then once it once it's out, you know, the speculation, the talk, and everything else that's been going on, you know, that's all f- fine, right? But it's when 
they crossed the line in, you know, telling these teams, hey, if you leave the Big 12, you can go to the SEC and you stand to make a lot more money. Uh, that That's the point that I, I think that the Big 12 is, is trying to uh, come forth with, right? So, it, again, if it is, if there is any evidence that ESPN you know, kind of tampered with their teams and are or have been in talks with other teams, um, then that's where I, I think things get a little bit hairy because now you're, you're, you're going into legal talk, now you're going into uh, litigation, and you know, that, that's for experts to, to figure out and, and define and see what happens. But um, it's interesting that the Big 12 could sue ESPN. Obviously, they haven't done so already, uh, but that is what their rebuttal would be. And I'm not really sure. I mean, if they're able to keep... Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12 uh, past 2025. It does not look like that's going to be the case. Uh, if they do stay to their quote-unquote word on paper uh, paper, and stay until 2025, possibly that happens. That That's a little bit more likely than them staying past 2025. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it, it's just another wrinkle. It's just another new aspect to the story as it unfolds with college realignment. Uh, and it will be interesting to see if ESPN has talked with uh, Texas or Oklahoma or any of the other Big 12 schools. Because if they're talking to Iowa State or if they're talking to, you know, the Jayhawks, uh, yeah, then maybe the Big 12 has, has a footing to stand on because, yeah, tampering with, uh, with other teams in their conference. Who knows? But I, something new. I think also it just happened so fast. This wasn't information that we have been having since last season. All of this is new. So, Connie, when anything comes up, it kind of just jumps everywhere, and everyone's posting it, and everyone's doing something about it. That's how social media works, and especially when you have a big broadcast channel like ESPN that, you know, like I said, this is what they do. They broadcast all these college sports teams. So, you know, for them to kind of have a say, I, I think, it just got lost in the train of information. And like I like I said, time in and time again, there's a lot of pressure on these schools. There's a lot of pressure on a lot of these conferences to make up their minds fast because they don't want to wait until 2025 to uh, kind of have a new setup. They just want to kind of get the ball rolling now. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's tough. I mean, again, I talked about it yesterday. College athletics could look a whole lot different this time next year you know there's even a uh, in the ESPN article that I was talking about yesterday about how uh, if the SEC becomes a super conference if they allow 30 or 60 teams you know they could just kind of combine the whole power 12 uh, power five conferences into one I mean that could be a, a, a power play that that kind of moves into it uh, but nothing's set in stone right now obviously there's the uh, the letter from Oklahoma and Texas requesting for them to be invited into the SEC. They have not to this point, uh, you know, have been extended that invitation. SEC has not invited them yet. Um, so there, there's still a couple of things that have to happen first before any of this conference realignment uh, comes to fruition. But who knows? Maybe with the Big 12 threatening uh, with ESPN, uh, maybe the Big 12 sticks around for just a little bit longer uh, than, than, than maybe when uh, Texas and Oklahoma leave. But we'll see. That's something that, that's got to be seen. And on top of that, to stay with college, here's the one thing that I, I don't agree with, but with what came out with the NCAA earlier today. 
Uh, but the NCAA says it will not reevaluate penalties handed down for infraction cases, a decision that will keep former Southern California running back Reggie Bush from having his 2005 Heisman Trophy victory restored. Earlier this month, the Heisman Trust said it would return the Heisman to Bush if the NCAA were to reinstate him for the 2005 season. The NCAA released a statement saying that recent changes to rules regarding how athletes can be compensated for the names, images, and likenesses still do not permit a pay-for-play type arrangements. The association added that previous penalties would not be reconsidered based on the recent changes to NIL rules. Uh, I mean, come on. Let Reggie Bush, it did not affect him on the field of play. It did not, you know, alter, I think, anything. So what? He, he received a couple of benefits uh, off the fields that didn't involve you know, his performance on the fields. I say give Bush back the trophy, give Bush back his records, and uh, and, and have them uh, honor him like the way that any other Heisman Trophy winner should be honored. I, I agree with that, but at the same time, it they just went behind. I don't want to say behind their back, but fake incentives when you're at such a high level and you have a lot of eyes on you, you got to make sure that you're always doing the right thing. And I know that sounds super cliche and kind of a common knowledge thing but when you have eyes on you all the time someone's looking for you someone's looking to kind of catch you doing something bad you know that's why tmz is here because god they just like to pinpoint out everyone's flaws and problems but you know stay on the topic of sports to take away such an important trophy from a guy that we all know had an amazing season amazing career to even say that you know, I think I think the punishment was a little harsh for the uh, thing that he did. It's not like this is any kind of domestic abuse or something that involves him being negligent towards anyone or having super drastic penalties against him. You know, I I'm on your side, Connor. I think they should give it back to him. But at the same time, if it's a, it'll be a slippery slope if they give this guy back his trophy. Someone in the future may say, oh, remember that one time when you guys gave Reggie Bush his trophy back? And, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things where it sucks, but at the same time, they're trying to just set a tempo and set a um, that their punishments, they're going to follow through with them. Uh, and here's the thing, though, right? You got to... Doing the right thing sometimes isn't easy. And Reggie Bush... You know, dating back to an ESPN article back in 2007, uh, Reggie Bush you know, and his family received nearly $280,000 in benefits while he was enrolled at Southern California, according to uh, you know, it's an Associated Press article released on ESPN uh, dated October 9th, 2007. Right? So he, he received benefits. That was the report. And because he received those benefits while he was in college, while he was a quote-unquote amateur collegiate athlete, uh, yeah, that was an infraction to a point to where they uh, you know, did not allow his stats, did not allow any of his records to remain in place. And, uh, you know, obviously the Heisman Trophy had to be taken away because he wasn't an eligible or a, uh, a, a former athlete in good standing with the NCAA, right? But, again, it is NCAA claims that, you know, it did not have anything to do, it did not permit, you know, pay-to-play type, but he's benefiting off of his name, image, and likeness. I mean, if he received the $280,000, 
Yeah, it's what kids could be receiving now. I mean, you got an Alabama quarterback who didn't even play a snap yet, and he's making almost a million dollars, according yeah. to Nick Saban, right? Uh, yeah. I. So I, it, it just doing the right thing at this point will be hard, right? There will be some challenges. There will be some things that, you know, maybe you can't go back and fix. But I think starting with Reggie Bush, I think that that's an easy thing that you can go back and fix and say, hey, you weren't able to get it. You weren't able uh, you know, to receive any benefits because your name, image, and likeness at the time. But because of recent rule changes, you know, now, you know, it's it's just seen as uh, something that, that, that can be remedied, something that can be fixed. Um, I don't know. Listen, Bush's play on the field, he didn't take steroids. There was nothing against him. Uh, there was nothing performance enhancing about it. If he didn't play at, at uh, you know USC, he would have played somewhere else and still probably would have gotten the Heisman Trophy, right? I mean, we're going to go down the slope and we're, we'll, we'll go down it as far as it goes. But um, you know, for him not to be eligible to, to get his records back and to get you know the Heisman Trophy back, I, I feel bad for him because he earned it. He went out there. And it wasn't anything that he did off the field uh, that could be viewed in this day and age as wrong, per se. But I agree with you. I don't. It's tough when you you know that someone's in the right, but it's kind of one of those things where it's hard to go back and change the past, and not change the past, but allow this guy to kind of have everything that he worked hard for be there. But I think it's one of those things, especially at the Division One level, at such a high um, kind of caliber, you can't really do these kinds of things where it's you're going under the table to do things. Why not? You know, this guy could have waited a couple more years, but now he lost all of his stuff. I, I don't know. I, I'm going to say it again. It's tough. It's tough, but you know what the right thing to do is. Yeah. The right thing is to give him back his trophy, give him back the records. Because at this point... You know, it's a little ridiculous that you know now college athletes are able to benefit off of their name, image, and likeness. And so what? He took money. So what? He benefited uh, from somebody who was willing to give him money to go play at USC, right? At this day and age, I think that goes on behind the scenes anyway at major places. Yeah, I mean, not to shoot any allegations out there, and that's not what I'm looking to do. But you know, it's just whatever happens in the dark, it's starting to come to the light right now. Uh, especially now people being able to benefit off of the name, image, and likeness, and, and let's see where it goes. Um, but I, I think it's a easy. It's something that you know the NCAA can get a little better reputation from in giving Bush back. I think there's an overwhelming support outside uh, that, that, you know, I don't think anybody cares uh, about him benefiting and, and getting paid. He earned it. Give him back his records. Give him back his, uh, give him back his trophy. Counter, if this whole radio thing doesn't ever work out for you, I think uh, law school wouldn't be too bad of an option <laughs> for you. you. You compelled me, but you can compel a lot more guys that uh, have a little bit more authority than me, huh? So I actually need to know the law. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, uh, we'll talk about Cincinnati Bengals coming up next as the Bengals are getting ready to start their season. They're trying to raise their expectations from what they were last year. Uh, a lot of confidence coming down from the top down and also from the down up. Uh, but we'll see where Cincinnati falls when that season uh, kicks off. But it will be, a, will be interesting. 
to say the least. We'll be right back. Sports Fan 970, 97.1 FM, presented by JK Contracting. We'll be right back. I'm Tom Wong. I'm running for Congress, and I approve this message. My parents were Christians who fled communist China in 1949, and my faith has grown stronger as I've grown older. I'm not a politician or a lobbyist. I love America and want to make it even better. I ask for your vote on August 3rd. On August 3rd, vote for Tom Huang. Vote Tom Huang for Congress. Paid for by Tom for Ohio. He's not a politician or a lobbyist. We need Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 10.30 a.m. until 10 o'clock p.m. Head on over to Larry's Doghouse over on West Union Street in Athens. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. The thought of my sons growing up without me inspired me to quit smoking. I talked to my doctors and then I threw away all my cigarettes, ashtrays, and lighters. I started exercising instead of smoking. Staying away from alcohol when I was first quitting was key. I kept on trying, learned something each time. Do whatever it takes, no matter how many times it takes. We did it, so can you. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. Nine seventy ninety seven point one FM WATH. You're online at 970WATH.com. 648 here on this hump day, this Wednesday, 88 degrees. Sunny outside in southeast Ohio. And again, alongside Samantha Garcia, I'm Connor Mills. And, you know, it's almost football season, Sam, and it is, you know, getting closer and closer and more excitement as, you know, training camps are now out and going. Um, here's a story from uh, from the Associated Press with uh, Joe Burrow, but uh, Joe Burrow says his surgically repaired knee is just about 100%, but the Cincinnati Bengals really don't want to take any chances. The team will probably keep him out most or all of the three pre- preseason games as he continues his rehab. That means he likely won't see much contact until Cincinnati's regular season opener against Minnesota on September 12th. Burrow was putting up passing numbers that had him in the early conversation for Offensive Rookie of the Year last year. His season, of course, came to the halt on November 22nd when he was hurt against the Washington football team. Um, you know, if Joe is healthy, this offense has a good opportunity to put up a lot of points you get Mixon back, and, and he's healthy. You get Joe back, and he's healthy. You have the subtraction, or the addition by the subtraction, right? Uh, A.J. Green was not productive last year. Um, uh, he is not the same player that he was, and he's no longer on the team. So now you've got you know, Jamar Chase. You picked him with your fifth pick overall in the draft last year, and Chase has continued to impress in these workouts. Uh, offense has a good opportunity, but again, it all comes down to Offensive line and defense. Can the defense you know, hold the line? Can they not give up those points 
during the two-minute drills or really any time? Can they not give up 400 running yards to the Baltimore Ravens? I mean, those are all questions that you have to answer at some point during the season. Zach Taylor has never defeated the Baltimore Ravens yet. Uh, now entering into his third year as the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. And there's just been a lot of talk. Can the Bengals have a good offensive team this year? I know you already mentioned Jamar Chase, but they got Tyler Boyd back, T. Higgins, and, you know, outside on sometimes when he's out there, Auden Tate. I mean, if this team can stay healthy and do what they do best, I think Cincinnati is going to have a strong passing offensive team. I think if they can be consistent enough with the talent that they have, you know, I know Joey and you guys talk about how tough Cincinnati's schedule is. I don't think anyone's saying that, you know, they're going to be positive, but could they have a playoff push with how well this offensive team is looking to be? And I know if Joey was here, he'd be shaking his head so hard, no. But <laughs> he's not, and, you know, he may call in and say, Sam, you're, you're wrong, stop saying it. But I don't know. I think we've talked about the talent. Joe's going to be back. I sound like a broken record saying that, but he'll be back. Um, and, yeah, the offensive line needs work. Don't get me wrong. But if you can snap the ball pretty fast, Joe can put it in the pocket somewhere. I mean, I could see this team having putting up a lot of numbers in the offensive categories. Let's go through it, right? If we take a look at the Cincinnati Bengals schedule, right, and how they open up week one against Minnesota. Some people have said online I could see this team averaging about, you know, eight to nine wins. Uh, some people are struggling to find more than five, right? But a couple of games where I think that Cincinnati can actually win here, right? They've got week one against Minnesota. That's a winnable game. Defense has to step up, but I think that uh, Cincinnati with, with Joe back uh, can win that game. I also think it's a winnable game in week number two. So I got them for two wins in two weeks. I got Minnesota and I got Chicago the next week. Pittsburgh's going to be a tough game. I, Again, I'm not high on Pittsburgh, but until you beat the Steelers, uh, I, I can't go against the Steelers. Um, even though they did beat them last year, the Steelers were not the same team that they were in the beginning of the season. Uh, but Pittsburgh is going to be a tough game. With a rookie quarterback in Thursday night football, home against Jacksonville, I foresee you know Cincinnati winning that game. I, I think Joe will do exceptionally well against Trevor Lawrence just like he did last time that those two quarterbacks faced off against each other. Um, so I've got three. Now with the return of Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay game is going to be very difficult, and I, I don't see that going their way. Uh, Detroit is a winnable game. I give Detroit, and I got four wins. Baltimore, probably not. New York, Jets, I've got a win. I'm at five. The Cleveland Browns are a much-improved team, and they do have a Doe Beckham Jr. coming back. With OBJ back and with that team, you know, still getting better and better, uh, I don't see them beating Cleveland yet. Could they? They can win any of these games. But I just to, you know, throw my my two cents out there. I don't think they're beating Cleveland. Uh, so I've still got five wins. Las Vegas, that's a toss-up game. You know, could they win? Sure. Could they not? I don't know. I'll go six. Six wins with Vegas. Lose to Pittsburgh. Chargers, they didn't beat last year. They're going to be improved again this year. Uh, San Francisco's a good team. Denver with seven. I got seven wins. You can beat the Denver Broncos, but it's going to be a difficult game. 
Baltimore again, no. Kansas City, no. And Cleveland, no. I got them at seven, seven wins, potentially, as you look up and down the lineup. And that's with the extended, you know, now it's not 17 weeks. It's an 18-week season. Uh, they've got 17 games, right? You can't go 8-8 eight and eight anymore. No team's going to be 500. Uh, but I got them at 7 and, uh, well, that'd be 7 and 10. Yeah, 7 and 10 is probably what it looks like. It's an improvement on what, you know, Cincinnati has been. But that that's where I would set the bar. Seven wins this season for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, if they exceed it, thrilled. Could they beat Cleveland once? Could they beat Pittsburgh once? Could they beat Baltimore once? Sure. But that's a, where I, I envision this team being at seven wins. And if they're lower than seven wins, maybe Zach Taylor's on the hot seat. If they're above, we'll see what this team is, is made of. But that that's where I'm setting that bar right now, Sam. Yeah, you, you talk about the schedule. I think a lot of those games are winnable, and I don't think anyone for any team fan base is thinking that their team won't win a couple, one of these. But you don't have a lot of games. This isn't baseball where, you know, you got a couple hundred, you got 200 games to kind of mess around with. You know, you got 17 weeks to kind of figure out where you stand. And, you know, if Joey was here, he'd be saying, Connor, you're you're being even a little giving with those seven wins. But this is a really tough schedule, I think, for the Bengals, if they can come up and have some good connections, being able to do stuff offensively and not give up a million points on the scoreboard. You know, I think Zach Taylor, regardless of how this team's going to do, I think it's going to come down to player improvement and team kind of chemistry. I don't know if... For certain, I know we've said it a million times, but if the win and loss is going to determine them. But at the same time, if they can get their offense moving pretty well, maybe, maybe, maybe we see a push. We say we see a playoff push. See, my body couldn't even tell me that because <laughs> it just sounded so crazy. But hey, at the same time, you know, if you told me the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks were going to be in the NBA Finals last year, I would have smacked you across the face and said absolutely not. So hey. That's me being optimistic. Uh, as for Joey, he I know he is not agreeing with me at all. But, hey, <laughs> I think that's why we work. Well, yeah, again, you, you, you take – and Joey's a very uh, football-minded guy, right? I mean, he played big Baltimore uh, Ravens fans. He played in high school. Um, but, you know, he looks at a, re, at, at a uh, very clear lens, right? I mean, he's got no, um, no bias towards or against him. Um, apparently he was against the Cleveland Browns just because of how Browns fans acted. <laughs> uh, so he's been turned off the Browns. But uh, the thing is, you know, it, it's difficult to say where they are without seeing the preseason game. You need to see that defense improve. They can't be giving up 400 uh, yards on the ground. Um, if the defense does not improve, I think that win total gets lower than seven. But the defense, again, it needs to improve. It needs to get better. We can say it all day that we want. Uh, and they did make some offseason moves to try to get better. They made offseason moves to try to get the offensive line better. Uh, but even if that offensive line is just average, I think that they're going to be okay. They just have to you know, do the job, do the job consistently, and, uh, and, and hope that there's no more injuries. The team stays healthy if they are able to, you know, not – have Joe pressured 20 times, 30 times in a game, 
I think that they can win a couple of games here, but they just have to uh, they have to come together as a team, and we'll see what happens in that first preseason game. Uh, obviously, Joe's not going to be playing in the preseason, but August 14th, you we're know, not too far away from the 14th to where it'll be Cincinnati at Tampa Bay for a preseason game. Um, and when that happens, we'll get a better understanding of what this team uh, will look like moving forward. Can't complain. I mean, you're right. I think week one will be able to tell everything, but until de- until then, our opinions are just opinions, and I think they'll always stay that. Yeah, it's not like we're out there coaching the team, right? Exactly. I, I don't know how if our team would go uh, 500. I don't know. I think I think we could have a positive win uh, winning team. Maybe not with Cincinnati's. Uh, lineup or schedule, but I think we could figure it out. Yeah, who knows? We get lucky every now and then, right? <laughs> anyway, it's the Cincinnati Reds taking over at 735 tonight as the Reds take on the Chicago Cubs from Wrigley Field in Chicago, Illinois. 805 for first pitch with the pregame starting at 735 right here across the Reds Radio Network. On Classic Hits 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. For Samantha Garcia, I'm Connor Mills signing off. Thanks for listening to the Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting. CBS News is next. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH FM. An infrastructure test vote in the Senate tonight. We have reached agreement on the major issues. Masking up again. Companies are rushing to change mask mandates following new CDC guidelines. The upper Midwest could see something that's sort of along the lines of a derecho. This is the CBS World News Roundup Late Edition. I'm Jennifer Kuyper in Chicago. A bipartisan infrastructure bill in is up for a Senate vote tonight on whether to start debate. CBS's Tom Fody with more. Republican stop movement on it once before, but are aboard now to let it go to a debate and a vote maybe past that. Utah's Mitt Romney. I'm confident that we will be able to get it across the finish line. From Maine's Susan Collins. We have reached agreement on the major issues. This measure would call for about a trillion dollars in spending on targeted infrastructure projects. President Biden and congressional Democrats still have ambitions far beyond that for another package costing more than three times this one. Tom Fody, CBS News, Washington. There's a rush to accommodate new CDC COVID mask guidelines. CBS's Allison Keyes. Federal agencies must mandate mask indoors no matter what your vaccine status is, and Facebook is requiring U.S. workers to get vaccines to return to the office. President Biden is pleading. You're not vaccinated. Protect yourself and the children out there. It's important. New York State joined the Big Apple in California in requiring employees to be vaccinated or face testing. Google is postponing workers returning to the office until October. And Apple is reinstating mask mandates at most retail stores for staff and employees. Allison Keyes, CBS News. Tonight's Phillies Nationals game has been postponed with a straight double header tomorrow afternoon because of the Nationals' COVID issues. It's about men's swimming and women's gymnastics at the Olympics tonight. CBS's Steve Futterman is there. If you look at the data, federal agents... 
A pair of showcase events coming up here in Tokyo. In swimming, the fastest swimmers in the world will face off in the men's 100-meter freestyle. It could be a battle between American Caleb Dressel, looking for his first individual gold in Tokyo, and Russia's Clement Kolesnikov. They had the two fastest times in the semifinals. Then later in gymnastics, the women's all-around with Simone Biles out. The top American hope now is the 18-year-old Suni Lee, and if she performs well, she does have a chance Lee finished third in the qualifying round. Steve Futterman, CBS News at the Summer Olympics in Tokyo. CBS News meteorologist David Parkinson says it could be a rough night for some in the Midwest. We have the potential for severe weather today in Wisconsin and throughout the Midwest, but I am really concerned about the potential for hurricane force winds extending from far northwestern Wisconsin back into Minnesota straight through Milwaukee. Now this. Discover the heart of America with American Queen's Steamboat Company's authentic paddlewheel river boats. They offer all-inclusive journeys on the mighty rivers of the U.S. Visit aqsc.com. Hey, Dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important